Welcome to Building Great Sales Teams, a show dedicated to making sales teams tick, tick, boom. Great sales teams are not recruited, they are built block by block. Let's get to work. All right, guys, thank you for joining me on this episode of Building Great Sales Teams. This one is going to be solo dolo. So I wanted to talk about recruiting. This is probably one of the most common questions I get, uh, whether I be consulting or just, you know, going to events in my network. It's always, how do I recruit? How do I recruit? You know, and my, my first question, my first qualifier to, to understand how I'm going to answer it is, do you want to recruit entry-level salespeople and are you going for volume or are you trying to recruit that sales manager or are you trying to recruit, you know, that high-level salesperson? And so depending on how they answer, if their answer is high-level, then uh, lately I've been really going back to something I learned from Ryan Stuman in Cabo. And so we had our Cabo mastermind there and uh, I asked I asked the question because I've always had a really great history with recruiting in volume and then bringing people through the company and, and them becoming that high-level person, right? But that takes time. And, uh, you know, some companies don't have time, so they need that high-level person right away. And so Ryan had a really great answer for this, and it's also a, a book that he's been writing that I've been pre-plugging <laughs> because uh, I know it's going to be great because of his answer. But so, so the way he explained to me, if you want the high level people, then you have to be the example. And so um, we didn't get into all the, the detail. I mean, he, he did talk through some of it, you know, which is things that I'm already doing because of uh, my associations now and then the programs that I'm part of. Right. And so, but I, I'm gonna I'm gonna break it down for you. Basically, four four points here: how to be the example so that you can recruit high level people. Because at, at the end of the day, they want to they they need to want to be you. How do I how do I say that without it sounding so confusing? You need to be a de- desirable example. They need to want to be in your shoes, if that makes sense, right? Now, everybody's different and everybody enjoys different things, right? But at the end of the day, they need success in a few areas, right? And so the first one we're going to talk about is appearance. So every piece of progress that I've made in the past 18 months, every piece of progress that I've made in the past 18 months has start at the gym. Start, it started at physical fitness, because at the end of the day, when people look at you, your appearance matters. What, we have eyes for a reason, right? It's the first thing that attracts us to our significant other. So why shouldn't it be similar when we're talking about your career? You know, And I know people in the corporate world aren't going to understand this at all. They're going to think, oh, I see my CEO. He's 250 pounds, overweight eats McDonald's every day, you know, Warren Buffett type crap, you know what I'm saying? But we're not, we're not, we're not, we're not talking about that. We're, we're talking about somebody wanting to be part of something bigger than themselves. And you are the example of that thing, right? 
And so the first thing that you've got to be the example on is your appearance. And look, some of us have a long way to go. Some of us are already there. Some of us, you know, perspective wise, think we can do a lot better, right? But at the end of the day, if you are working towards that, that is being the example. It doesn't, you don't have to have a six pack tomorrow in order to recruit high level people. But it's going to be hard to recruit and keep high level people if you aren't working on yourself and developing yourself. Because they're, you know, that's what high level people do. They level up, right? And so some of the things that I do is, you know, at least four days a week, I'm in the gym at five in the morning. I'm up at 4.30, I'm in the gym by five. If I, if I miss a day, it's because I had a late night working or social event, whatever. And um, that was, that, that is when I'm not on 75 hard, right? I'm in the live hard year right now. I've just completed phase one. I've got phase two coming up in about a month. And when, I, when I'm in that, then it's like every morning I got to be up. And if not, I'm going to have a late ass workout, right? And so that's, that's another example of that, though. You know, one of the things I did throughout my company is um, I started telling the people that work for me about 75 Hard and what it's done for my life and what it can do for their life. And then several of the people in the company started doing 75 Hard. And, and we, we instituted G-Code across the board. So if you don't know what 75 Hard is, it's a mental challenge that Andy Frisella put out that uh, he goes over in detail. And I think it's episode 208 in his uh, MF CEO podcast. And so check it out or just Google 75 hard. And for the most part, most of the information you get is correct. And it's a mental challenge that dials you in and gets you incredible and gets you disciplined over 75 days. Because if you're able to complete 75 hard, then it makes everything else that requires discipline a little easier. And it levels you up as a human in terms of good habits, right? And so I got my company on that. I got us on G-Code, which is uh, 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 Ryan Stuman's website that you can save to your home screen. And all it does is walk you through gratitude, grind, genetics, and group, right? And um, it's got a scoring system. And so we keep track of that every week. What's your G-Code score at? 20 points? Solid. Okay, we're... 20 plus points every week, right? And we talk about it if we don't make it. So right away, I started being the example by doing those things, and then I'm instituting it throughout the company now so that not only can I recruit high-level people, but my staff and my key players on the sales organization side can recruit high-level people, right? And so that's one piece of it. Um, You're close. So most days I'm in joggers, tennis shoes, a t-shirt or a polo and a backwards cap. But when you see me, I am put together. It's not, you know, a loose t-shirt that's, you know, not ironed. You know what I'm saying? It's not um, joggers that don't fit me right and look like I've been lounging around on the couch all day. You know what I'm saying? And it's not uh, tennis shoes that are beat up and worn and torn. You know what I mean? Before you get into all the, well, I can't afford more bullshit uh, I can put together a pretty badass outfit at Walmart. I can put together uh, a good outfit at Dollar General, and my shit is going to be clean. You know what I'm saying? You got to give a shit about your appearance in order to recruit high-level people. You, the ones that you really want uh, are put together as well. Or 
them seeing you put together inspires them and they're going to want to do it as well. You know what I mean? Or work for you so that they can have some of that rub off on them. At the end of the day, that's all this is, is leveling up by being in your sphere, right? And so another piece of that is the, uh, the vehicle, right? So you obviously want a well-maintained vehicle, a vehicle that looks good, you know what I'm saying? And obviously the higher in price it goes, the better, right? They need to want to be you. They're not going to want to be you if you're driving around Toyota Camry. And again, if you want to recruit high-level people, then you need to be at a certain level to recruit those high-level people. So you got to be able to afford uh, anywhere from an 80000 and up vehicle. That's just the bottom line. You want to recruit a six-figure earner, then you've got to be able to afford six-figure vehicles. Now, understand, all right, if I have a 100-acre ranch and three houses on it, and uh, I have, uh, you know, a badass portfolio, you know what I mean, and maybe a few Rolexes or something like that, it's not going to matter that I prefer to drive an F-150 that's only 50 grand. You know what I'm saying? So these things level out. You know what I mean? Like, I understand all the things that you're thinking in your head that are justifying the reasons that you're not doing the things that I'm saying right now. Those are the exceptions, not the rule. You know what I mean? And if if you're hitting three of these points, then you're in good shape. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, But I can tell you long term, you're going to want to hit all four, right? So... Uh, Back to the appearance, you know, obviously your home is a big one, where you live, and then how you live. You know, when you go to my house right now, I invested a lot of money and time into my yard. I invested a lot of money and time into the inside of the house. You know, I uh, bought back some of my time by having a house manager come in and clean the house every day. You know what I'm saying? So my, my house is always organized, always clean. Uh, I invested in a garage, I invested in uh, backyard, trees, you know what I'm saying? Like, my place looks well put together and nice, uh, but it's still a manufactured home, you know what I'm saying? But it it is a well put together one, you know? And so, I, you know, I live out in the country, so there's that story. <laughs> but the, the point is, what you have is put together, it's well maintained, it's well taken care of. Whether it's you doing it or you paying someone else to do it, right? And And I get it. These people may never see your home, right? But some of the, the best recruits I've had have come from situations where they did see my home first or they did see my vehicle first. You know, they may have been social situations. Social media, you know, we're all over it now. Everybody is watching you on social media. And the person that wants to work for you that is a high-level producer may be watching you there too. So, you know, and obviously then going on to the office, it's organized, clean, looks good. You know what I'm saying? It's in a good location. You know, there's a good vibe when uh, people come in, right? So that's that's appearance. That's the first thing. The second thing is going to be uh, work ethic, right? So if you want this person to come in and tear it up and do really well for your company, then they need to see that from you. No, nobody wants to feel like they work for someone that sits on an ivory tower and just bosses people around all day, right? And so, in, in, you know, I'm a big proponent of I got to show my guy, or I got to, what is it, lead from the front. 
So when a lot of people are saying lead from the front, what they mean is do the actual job of the entry level position in your company. And in this case, when we're talking about sales, do the actual job of the entry level salesperson. Every now and then I got to go to the floor and remind the guys who I am. I got to go to the field and remind the guys who I am. I got to make some sales just to keep them reminded who I am, you know. And you'll be surprised, but it's not about that. It's not about being the best closer in the company. You know what I'm saying? It's about showing them that you're working your ass off too towards the big picture. And that big picture is your mission statement and your core values, right? And if you're living by them and working by them and representing them every day, then that's where the example of the work ethic comes in, right? So you got to be able to grind with them and your grind may be different, you know, for the, I only knocked doors for three months and, you know, I had a $5 million door to door sales company. And that was because they saw me in there every day when they came in the morning, they saw me when they came in late at night, you know what I'm saying? They saw me putting in the hours. They knew I had to do what I had to do on the back end and so that they could make money on the front end. So kind of get your head out of that idea that you have to do the manual labor, you have to do the sales, you have to do, you know, the operational stuff in order to remind everyone who you are, you know, that that's just ego, right? And, and that's not helping your business. You know, if you're a business owner, that's not helping your business. If you're a sales manager, I completely agree with that. Completely agree with every now and then getting in there and making some sales with them, sharpening your teeth a little bit, you know, and, and also making sure that you're, you're able to uh, be empathetic to what they're dealing with every day by going through it every now and then. You know, I get that at the sales manager level or even at like a regional, right? So another part of that work ethic and then, you know, your core values, right, is, and, and, and this always resonated with me and then I, I realized it even more after uh, a lot of people in Apex started talking about it. Um, uh, something simple like, you know, every office space has community restrooms. And if you're like me, I hate it when people go in there and they destroy it. You know what I'm saying? Whether it's the toilet, the sink, whatever the case is, they leave trash everywhere. For some reason, they can't grab a paper towel without taking a little piece off and then throwing it on the ground. Which, I, it's insane to me. Some of these paper towel rollers have a trash can under them. So it's like, what are you doing? You know? But anyways, I digress. When no one is looking, you're wiping down the countertop. You're throwing away that trash. You know what I'm saying? Um, you, my family and my employees will always see me pick up trash. If it's outside a restaurant, outside the office, whatever the case is, we're picking up trash. And then that's something that I've done my whole life, you know. Um, in terms of your workspace as well as your work results, that you're efficient and you're organized, right? If you're running the, the company and you're disorganized and you're always behind the eight ball and you're always late for meetings and for work and you're always disheveled, you know what I'm saying, that is not going to be setting the example. And all of this comes through right? Like all this comes through, through social media, all this comes through, through their friends that work for you. You know what I'm saying? Like there is no shortage of places that you can recruit high level people 
So you need to be on all the time. And guess what? Being on all the time is going to make your life so much better. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's not easy. Trust me. Uh, I have my moments where I just plop myself on the couch and watch The Office for three hours. You know what I mean? It's usually like once every two weeks or once every couple weeks. But the more that you're on this stuff, the more you're going to recruit these high-level people. And it, it really does start in your home and project out to your business and then from your business out to the world, right? And I'm telling you, something as simple as taking a self a selfie with your kids in your house and posting it on social media, and in the background you can see the mess that is your house. You know what I'm saying? I am not going to work for someone that can't keep their home clean. You know what I mean? I'm just not. Whether it's paying someone else to do it or doing it yourself. Getting up 30 minutes early and cleaning one room every day. You know what I mean? Uh, making sure that your kids clean up after themselves. You know, this is... It goes all the way back to core values. It, it goes to like being a good, good human, being a productive member of society. But when you hit all of these things and you're able to be the example, people are going to gravitate towards you. They just are. I can show you several examples of that on my social media, right? And then the last piece of the work ethic is your quality of work. So this, this again, going back to core values, you know, and that's one thing that we talk about a lot in Apex. Uh, I feel like Thomas Keenan is the expert on this. If you haven't read his book, Unfuck Your Business, read that book. And he will lay out a lot of strategies on core values and how they can help you. So the next P, oh, the quality of work, right? So when you do put something out there in, in to your company that it is, it it is high quality work, right? And then when you put it out to social media or your network that it is a high quality of work whether it's a sale and it's a high quality sale high ticket price high ticket product you know what i mean um but they can see that the quality of your work is you you do really well right and so for us on the solar side it's all about the reviews and if you look at our solar company the only bad reviews are from a salesperson that we offboarded because of his core, his core values in the line. And, that, and that's the only time we're going to get bad reviews on the solar side. Because even though our first two installs, we just fucked them up so bad, I came out of pocket to fix them. And uh, Wayne, my uh, VP on the solar side, was in communication with them every day, trying to fix their problems, trying to get that crappy installer out of there and trying to make up for everything that they did wrong. Like we went above, not above and beyond, because we got to fix our, we, we fucked up, so we got to fix that problem. You know what I'm saying? But that's the quality of work, right? So the third piece of that, is, and this one's a lot shorter than the other two, but it's your circle. Like, if they're looking at you on social media, if they're looking at the people that you hang out with, if they see you out in public, if they're part of your social circle, and you're hanging out with people, and, and this goes into lifestyle, if you're hanging out, with losers, they're not going to want to work for you. So change that. Hang out with winners and be honest about who a winner is and who a loser is. You know what I'm saying? And at the end of the day, it's it comes down to the fourth part of it, which is your lifestyle. If your lifestyle, if, if what you're portraying out there on social media and stuff is partying, you know what I mean? If, if, 
infidelity is part of your life, if strip clubs is part of your life, you know what I mean? And I know it's different for men and women. I'm just speaking from a man's point of view. The only thing you're going to attract is salespeople and high-level people that do all that stuff. And guess what? That's not good for business. You know, that is going to end up bleeding over into the business. There's exceptions to everything. Some people have it dialed in. Some people are functioning drug addicts and functioning party animals, you know what I'm saying? And they figured it out, right? Good for them. But that's not the norm, and that's not the average. And I have never had anybody, a salesperson in my company, that functioned well and produced and represented our core values and did all that other shit. You know what I'm saying? So you better not be doing it. If you want to recruit high-level people, if you don't want to recruit high-level people, you want to do your thing, and you want to recruit people that are going to come in and out every year and create a revolving door, you do your thing. Right? And so those are the, I guess, the four examples that I have off top of how to be the example. Um, You really have to dial in your lifestyle, you know what I'm saying, your circle, your work ethic, and your appearance. And there's tools in order to do this. One of them is 75 Hard. Another one is gcodaily.com. You know, EOS is a great tool, making sure your business is organized and on point. If you recruit a high-level person, they come into your business and it's a mess and they can tell your onboarding systems aren't on point and all that kind of stuff, they're going to go right back out. So it's a constant development process and making sure you're leveling up every week you know and investing in things like masterminds and stuff like that is going to be incredibly important so if you are you're being the example how's anybody gonna even freaking know you know what i'm saying unless you are putting yourself out there one of the easiest ways to be the example and put yourself out there and the way that i've recruited high level people that are in my company now is building your machine so I'll, I'll tell you where the term comes from and then I'll, I'll tell you what it's about right so building your machine is uh, again another uh, system developed by Ryan Stuman and and just refined and beefed up and put on steroids by the I think it's seven to ten coaches that he has recruited onto his team he's got he has all the high le- he has a bunch of high level people that have really poured into this thing. And so, but if you're not a, if you're a non-Apex member, right? Which I have a lot of those listening to the show. Understand that building your machine is simply this. It's posting on social media two times daily. Posting about your experience and the lesson learned from it and sharing it with the world. If you just do that, you will you will have people gravitate towards you. And it, it's, it's so much more than that, but it, basically you're putting your message out there and you're becoming the attractive character. That's a whole nother training on its own too. Look these turns up, research them, decide if there's something you want to invest in because I cannot explain it all on this podcast, unfortunately. But at the end of the day, you're putting yourself out there on social media. You're putting your company out there. You're sharing your wins. You're sharing your losses. You're sharing the lessons that you learn. And this will, and you think, well, I can't be weak. You know, I can't show vulnerability. I can't say that I was wrong. And you absolutely can and still recruit high-level people. Because who wants to work for someone that's never wrong? That's, 
That makes no sense. I've worked for someone that's never wrong before, and I got fired by them and, and quit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that is just not a good combination for me. I want to be around people and work with people that are constantly developing themselves and admitting when they fall short. You know, I fall short all the time. And if I decide to post about it, then I obviously learn the lesson and share the lesson with everybody else, right? So social media is going to be uh, a, a big one. All right, so you've become the example. You've started building your machine. You're putting yourself out there on social media, right? And you're not getting traction fast enough. Now it's time to pay the professionals to come in and do this and, and to find you those high-level people, right? And it's not just placing an ad on Indeed. It's resume sourcing, recruiting. It's using their network in order to basically put a pulse out there about the position and see if they can get one of those high-level people for you, right? And then, yeah, you're going to have to pay them probably 20 to 30% of the first year. Bottom line, I, I know there's people that do it for a lot less, right? Um, but I would absolutely do that. They'll put them through testing. They'll make sure that they're a good fit for you, that they're a good fit for your core values, whether they use disk profiles or the million other tests that are out there to match up employers and high-level producers. And so I would absolutely take advantage of that. One of the, or a couple of the places that I want to plug is uh, Elite Meat is an awesome one. And so you're, you're hiring uh, formal, former special forces, whether they be SEALs or Rangers or Green Berets, um, into your company. And, and yes, they are comfortable going into corporate positions or uh, executive positions. They're definitely six-figure guys with the training that they've had. Um, which is team building and operations, SOPs, you know, how to leadership, all the things that we typically need out of our high-level people. It has nothing to do with pushing paper behind a desk um, if you want those high-level people. So pay the, prof pay the professionals and companies like Elite Meat. I don't think they have a fee. They may, may require a donation or something like that, but um, look into it and find out for yourself. And so if you want to recruit the high-level people, that's the first, you know, being the example, build your machine, and then pay the professionals at that point. That's the whole deal. you got to build, build this thing before they come. Because if you don't have yourself put together, if you don't have your company put together, if you don't have your, your attractive character put together before they come in, then when they do come in, they're going to quickly go right back out if they even come in at all, right? And so especially on, on the sales side, this stuff is really important, you know? And I get it. On the op side, you're recruiting a high-level person. I mean, it, it's still important. It really is. If you want people that are in for the long haul, that believe in your mission, and that they live a lifestyle that promotes their efficiency and success in your company, then you're going to have to be the example first. You're going to have to get rid of your demons. You're going to have to work through your issues. You know what I'm saying? You're going to have to work on yourself and so that you can be the example. I'm doing it every day, and it is not easy. Um, but I have a purpose and a mission that I'm after, and I'm after legacy, and you don't get legacy by doing easy shit at the end of the day. 
All right, let's talk about the volume piece. And this is probably what you're waiting for because it's super tactical, which you guys know I love to be, right? <laughs> and so, um, all right, if you want to recruit volume, you want to get five salespeople in next week, this is kind of some of the formula for that, right? And uh, if you need more than just this, then I would go to episode two, uh, operations and culture. And on the operations side, I run through uh, some of this and more in more detail about recruiting. All right, so if you want the volume side, uh, the first thing, one of the first things that you need to do is get your social media on point. Okay, because you're going to be advertising on high-volume recruiting websites, and the salespeople that are going to stake are going to go to your social media and check out your company. They're not going to go to your website. They're going to go to your social media and check out your company, right? And uh, so get that on point. Make sure that your, your profile picture on your, your company page is attractive. It's your logo. You know what I'm saying? Make sure that your culture shows through on your company pages. Make sure that they see success in your company pages, whether it's competitions, whether it's big checks, whether it's just an amazing culture on your company pages that has to come through. Your core values have to come through. And so make sure that is all on point. And guys, that takes five posts. Typically, that's all they're going to scroll down and look at. You know, like, oh, wow, this company looks fun. Looks like they make a lot of money. And looks like, you know, integrity is important to them because they talk about it in this post. That's what they need. They need to get that warm and fuzzy. And then they're moving on to the application or they're moving on to the interview. All right, so after social media, oh, and some ideas on social media is the G Club, right? So if you have entry-level salespeople that are doing like a call center or something like that, they hit $1,000 in a week, then you want to get like big checks and hand them the big check or whatever, take a picture of it, post it on social media. That's one of the easiest ways for somebody that has six sales positions that they're going after, it allows them to validate yours, Right? It allows them to see, okay, they made $1,000 in a week. You know, I'm making seven, 800 with the company I'm with right now, so I want 1000 in a week or whatever the case is. Or, or I can come to this company, I can make a lateral move and still make the 50, 60 grand I want to make, right? And so, uh, again, that's entry level, right? So if you need volume, there's no way around it right now, guys. Indeed is the place for volume, okay? If you have an entry level sales position that people do not want to do, like door-to-door, like call center, like any type of appointment setting, any type of cold lead calling, then it's going to be Indeed. And the and here's the unfortunate part about Indeed. They've cornered the market in terms of that volume, the, like the Google of recruiting, right? And so um, you could literally run your whole recruiting campaign off of them. We did for years. And we were spending 10 to 12 grand a month on recruiting with Indeed. And we were killing it, doing great numbers, scaling, you know. Um, so they're the go-to for volume, but when it comes to commission-only positions and anything that sounds like MLM, they're going to flag you and remove you and block you from posting there again. I want to say we changed our our company name, not our company name, but we've changed our advertising name like six times or something like that. And I, and I, and I did this last year. I got I got tired of doing it. 
And, and you, you know what's crazy is I was hiring W-2 salespeople that got paid a salary, <laughs> like, and they still flagged me, which, you know, I have my theories, but it doesn't matter. I'm not letting them dictate my recruiting game anymore. So I'm all in on the high-level recruiting strategy, but I definitely know the volume recruiting strategy. That's where all my experience is in. All right, uh, Wise Hire is up and coming. That's a really good one. I know some of my friends in my network are having good success with that. But again, you're getting more qualified candidates, which means less volume. And, and that's just the, the game you got to play. If you've got an entry-level sales position, you know you need volume because they're going to trickle out or they're not going to show up for the opportunity meeting. They're not going to show up um, for the orientation. And so you got to get volume, guys. But Wise Hire is one of those sites that can get you specific um, people that you need. And then after that, um, you know, and there, there's six other sites you guys know. And what you need to start doing is start placing ads on all of them, right? They have their free ads. And then work your budget, right? Um, if you're brand new and you're hiring for volume, I would start with Indeed and, and probably do a month of Indeed and then add on wise hire and then start adding on all the other sites if they're free then do them why not you know what i'm saying um so put your ad out there as much as possible and then and then with the marketing report you're going to track the source and then the amount of money that you spent on that source the amount of leads you got from it just like you would a normal marketing report and a normal lead gen report right one of the most important metrics of that marketing report is your cost per hire Okay, when you're dealing with volume, you need to know your cost per hire because that is going to tell you how well my marketing is doing because my cost per hire is low. You know, and a low cost per hire, I would put at like 120 per hire. Again, these are marketing dollars that are spent and some, uh, some recruiting commissions, the people calling and scheduling them, right, for opportunity meetings. So that's your cost per hire. And... Uh, you know, when we were recruiting the most people, it was probably like 350 per hire. And then 18, 19 around there, it was like 230 per hire. And so you're going to be somewhere between 100 and 500 per hire, especially if you're doing volume, right? So make sure your marketing report's on point. You have metrics for the data in order to understand your recruiting so you can play this game better. You get better conversion rates, right? So... When you will see people start falling off is obviously during onboarding. So you need to know your, your metrics going into that, but you need to have your onboarding systems on point, right? You've got the initial uh, scheduling of the interview, and then when they come in, they should fill out an application. So you get all their information and everything. That should be digital. If you're making people fill out paper applications, God bless you. God bless you, child. <laughs> Please. Get, make your application digital. Uh, there's a lot of great softwares out there. Uh, I won't plug one for this because there's like seven of them that all work the same, right? Make your application digital. You know, you can use a Google form, you know, is an easy one to put together, right? So have them fill out your application. And then at this point, again, if you're hiring for volume, they're going to go into what I like to do is an opportunity meeting. Your sales manager or your trainer, or your regional does not have time to do one-on-ones with 10 different salespeople or 10 different candidates that came in that day, okay? 
So if you have a good opportunity meeting, right, then you're going to be in good shape and you're going to convert the people that you would have converted one-on-one, right? So opportunity meeting structure works the same as the sales structure, right? It's intro, qualify, present, close. So intro to the company, throw them some jokes, build some rapport, and just let them know, hey, uh, I want to kind of get a read on the room. So I make sure that I'm talking you, to you guys about an opportunity that you guys actually want, right? So let's qualify the room real quick. Um, what's uh, any, Whoever doesn't mind sharing, what's your average weekly income? You know what I'm saying? And you would be surprised, especially at an entry-level position, how many people will share that. You know, oh, yeah, I was doing 500 a week at Pizza Hut with tips, you know. Okay, cool. And so what you're able to do is you're able to qualify the room. And then that gives you numbers. So this is the before, which is what they're doing now in terms of hours, income, uh, work-life balance, whatever you want to call it. And then uh, in terms of their future or their management potential, right? In terms of their opportunity. That's why it's called an opportunity meeting. And no matter what they say on the left side, you're going to be able to create something better for them on the right side, right? So you're going to be able to show them the income difference. You're going to be able to show them the opportunity difference, the hours difference, the quality of life difference, right? If there is one, if it, if it doesn't get better, then I wouldn't focus on it too much. Just let them know, hey, this is what it is. You know, be honest, right? And so you present them with the opportunity. A few of the things you definitely want to go over is your company culture, your core values, your mission, your products, and then a, a few uh, examples of salespeople that have came in, done well, and changed their life. You know, you want one of them to be mushy-mushy, and you want the other one to be about the numbers. Okay? Mix it up a little bit. Use a PowerPoint. You know, I know how much we all love slides now. So use slides. And make sure that the graphics on those slides are well put together. There's a company called Fiverr, fiverr.com. Put it together yourself. It's going to look like dog shit unless you have a, a marketing background. And then send it off to Fiverr and have them update your, your slide presentation. And that way your company has a great appearance from social media all the way to your office, right? And make sure that the colors align, the logos align, the core values align all the way through from the time they see you in an application to social media to your office to your presentation, right? Make sure that your company's looking good, right? All right, so after that, you go into the close, and, and the close is this, you know. Hey, we're going to take uh, a few of you back for one-on-ones. You know what I'm saying? If you decide that this is not something that you're interested in, because it's typically commission-only, it's typically door-to-door, sales-centric, you know, and, and it doesn't matter how descriptive you are in your ad, the wrong people are going to show up, right? And so this is their opportunity, which if they haven't taken it already to leave, then they can leave. You, you guys don't need to oversell it. You know what I'm saying? There is some indifference that's needed there. And you also need to make sure that you're, you're, giving, you're giving them the impression that, hey, they have to be selected for this position. And that's a bit the t- thing you maintain all the way through. And it may not be the case, or it may be the case. So you, you do the one-on-ones with them, and that's when you get real with them. And then you try to scare them, 
away from the position. I did it in door to door all the time because look, we're working on the heat. You know, we're knocking 40 to 50 hours a week and this, this shit is not easy. But if you do well with it, you can double your income. You can triple your income. If you do well with it, you'll have a chance at assistant manager, manager. You'll have a chance at opportunity that you wouldn't have at Pet Boys, that you wouldn't have at Pizza Hut. You know what I'm saying? And then even if you did have it, they couldn't pay you enough to do it, right? Again, we're on entry level when we talk about volume. All right, so that, that that's your op meeting for the most part. Uh, and then when people come into to your pipeline, and they leave the pipeline, they need to get an outgoing survey. So as soon as you get their phone number in any way, shape, or form, and they leave your pipeline or they don't show up, then they need to get an automatic text to reschedule them or to for them to fill out a survey that says why they weren't in, they were no longer interested in the position. And you'll be surprised at what is important to people when they're being recruited. And so that gives you the feedback that you need to update your systems if it makes sense. So do those outgoing surveys. And then last but not least, you got to have your conversion rates, right? So whenever we were recruiting at a high volume in the past, we had, we had our recruiting report and then we had our conversions report. Okay, the conversions would show, okay, if they came from this uh, advertising source, this is how well they did. They made one sale, they made two, they made three, four, all the way up to the fifth sale. And then the conversion rates of that advertising source based on that. And then all the data was aggregated at the bottom of the sheet. So I knew that on average, out of everyone that I hired, uh, Facebook gave me the best hires. But the problem was, is they only gave me one a week versus Indeed, which gave me five a week, right? But... The Facebook ones were incredibly qualified, not because of them or anything they had done in the past. They were qualified because they knew what we were about. They were either already following us on social media when we put the ad out for them to get hired, or they they saw the ad and they went to our page and they said, oh, this is cool. Okay, this is obviously door-to-door. Okay, they sell solar. They sell AT&T. Or they do telemarketing. You know, I mean, they can derive it from there. So when they come in, they're already okay with that. They didn't need to be sold on that part of it. And so they last longer in the process, right? So you see your conversion rates from one to two, two to three, three to four, four to five. And I always saw if I hired 10 people, then typically two would stick through the fifth sale. I had a rough sales position that I was offering at an entry level. You know what I'm saying? And so... Know your conversions and know your data, know your metrics, and, and track everything that you can. You know what I'm saying? Uh, if you're not a spreadsheet wizard, find someone that is. If you don't have someone that's a spreadsheet wizard, I have someone. She costs $35 an hour. She's amazing at it. So reach out to me if that's the case. So just to kind of wrap this whole thing up, recruiting, there's two two levels of recruiting, the high-level people, and then when you're recruiting for volume, right? The volume is incredibly tactical. Uh, the high-level people is, is all about mindset. People are super educated now. People, uh, and, I, and I say educated, I don't mean in the traditional sense. I mean on what being a good example is, you know? And so if 
you want to be a successful business owner and you want to get drunk, you're going to have a hard time being the example. If you want to be a successful business owner and you want to cheat on your wife, you're going to have a hard time being the example. If you want to be a successful business owner and you want to be there for your family, if you want to be an amazing dad, then you're going to have a, a great time being the example. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's just no getting away from it, no matter how hard you try. At the end of the day, you have to do the work. So if you have that vice in your life, fucking get rid of it so you can continue to be the example. Work on it. At least be working towards it. Even in working on being a better example for my kids or being uh, a better husband, I have recruited people along the way because I was willing to say, hey, I suck at this. I'm working on this. And this is what I'm learning along the way. That's part of being the attractive character. And uh, so it does take some vulnerability when you want to recruit those high-level people, but they're watching you right now. Think about that. Whether it be physically in person they're watching you, whether it be on social media, whether it be they're working for a competitor right now and they see your numbers coming in, they're watching you. What are you going to do? That's a big part of recruiting those high-level people. Guys, I hope you got at least one nugget out of this show that you can use. And if you did, I would love to hear about it. would love your feedback. More importantly, I don't do this too much, but if you wouldn't mind going to iTunes right now and giving me a review, make it an honest one. I'm not going to tell you to give me a five-star review if you don't think it was a five-star podcast. You know, uh, Just do me a favor and listen to the podcast with people that are way smarter than me on it, so it makes me look good, and then you do rate it at five stars, right? Which is basically everybody I have on this podcast. So I appreciate you guys, and y'all have a, a wonderful day. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Building Great Sales Teams. Be sure to appreciate it. If you haven't done so already, make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you consume podcasts. This way you'll get notifications as new episodes become available. Remember, great sales teams are not recruited. They are built block by block. Until next time.